0: Hey, everyone. Before this episode gets started, wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, Hundreds of you have been listening. Uh, Please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. That would really help us out. And also, this is the third episode of Savvy Dialogue. We are already shaking things up. We've uh, gone ahead and updated the intro to get you the information you need quicker. Get into the episode a lot quicker. Let us know how you like it and how you're feeling about it. But wanted to thank you all for listening and supporting us.
1: If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social at Savvy Dialogue to stay up to date. And now we bring you episode three. Welcome to Savvy Dialogue.
0: The most knowledgeable podcast on the planet. I'm your host, Wallen Augustine.
1: And I'm your other host, Jane Augustine. Today, we'll be speaking with Brianna Tianga about all things travel, along with her newly launched company, Thrifty Trips Travel.
0: Let's hop into it and enjoy the show. So Bri, I know you have like a passion for traveling, and I wanted to know how did you get started and and why do you love it so much?
2: So I feel like the way I got my passion for traveling is maybe not what people expect. It started from my parents, but not because they were avid travelers or anything. It's actually quite the opposite. They had me when they were really young, they were teenagers. And so they didn't get to travel. And so I feel like they really encouraged me to travel as soon as I could and to take that opportunity since they never really had it.
0: That's awesome. I mean, When you, when you think about that, like growing and you, you grew up in South Florida, so you probably got to get a a lot of different cultures and you got to experience a lot of different things. How did that contribute to like you traveling and figuring out the places that you wanted to go and how did it help knowing a little bit about the culture as well?
2: Yeah. So I think growing up in South Florida, like you said, it's definitely a melting pot and there's a ton of different cultures and you learn a lot living there, but also in a way it's kind of secluded. Like it's very far from every other state, yeah. uh, so I think that even though I learned a lot of different cultures and uh, a mix of a ton of things, I also wanted to kind of get out and explore different states and different countries.
0: That's awesome. And then, like as you're traveling and stuff, right? And I'm like I'm now I'm interested. What was the first place that you traveled that you, that's memorable in your mind?
2: So. My first big trip was actually when I graduated high school. It was a gift from my mom. She had been saving up for this big trip uh, to give me as a graduation gift, and we went to Italy, and it was kind of what sparked me really wanting to travel a lot, and I know that my mom put a lot of time and effort into saving up for that trip, and it was just really, really awesome, and since then, I just kind of haven't stopped.
1: That's amazing that your first like big trip was Italy. That's incredible. Were you like completely shocked? Because I mean, going from South Florida, not really going a lot of places and then going straight to Italy. I mean, what was that experience like?
2: It was unreal. Honestly, I think that even though I was 18 and I had graduated from high school and I was technically an adult, I think that maybe I wasn't totally able to appreciate it as much as I could now and could a couple of years later, but it was still enough for me to want to continue traveling, and it meant a lot since my mom had like put so much effort into it.
1: Yeah, I bet that's that's so incredible. I'm like over here, just wow, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, well, like
0: not to put you on the spot here, but like just so people know how extensive your travel has been. Like, do you know how many different places you've been?
2: So I recently counted actually. I've <laughs> <laughs> I've been to twenty-six states in the US. I've been to seven different countries, I think. Um Yeah, I think so. Twenty six states and seven countries. I think I'm at.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And like,
2: actually, uh actually, I think I'm missing a couple countries because in South Florida, (laughs) sorry, um, in South Florida, a big thing is taking cruises, and so I've been to like Jamaica, the Grand Cayman Islands, and I don't know if I'm counting
0: all of those. Yeah, yeah, and people don't know. Like, just like to touch on cruises a little bit because. I grew up in South Florida, which is why we have like a good connection because we kind of know, kind of come from the same background a little bit. And yeah. people don't realize that people that live in Florida get these amazing discounts on cruises because like, mm-hmm. like the ports are there. And that yep. is like a, such a Florida thing to do is to go on cruises and just go to even more Caribbean, Southern exactly. as well. So that is like awesome, which I'm sure we'll touch on that later. But how many continents have you been to?
2: So my count right now is two uh I do want to go to every continent and all 50 states at some point so I'm working on that uh obviously there's a couple hard continents to get to but one day
0: Antarctica is like that hard one (laughs) like like, once (laughs) you make it to Antarctica you can make it anywhere at this point (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah and for like states Jane and I have had this conversation before as well like does it count if you drive through the state or do you have to like sleep there a night or do like you... Like spend a whole day yeah, there. Like, yeah, or do you have to spend a whole day there?
2: Okay, so I go back and forth on this one. I don't count layovers. So a layover, if you just land there, it does not count. Right. Okay. But okay. on a road trip, I think if you sit down and have a meal there, I think that kind of counts. <laughs> okay,
1: so if you like are on a road trip driving through Iowa... You're like, oh, I'm gonna stop at this diner to get some food and fill up on gas.
0: Yes, I think, think that pay counts. Pay. See, but like, I think if I'm driving through Iowa and I'm seeing all of the beautiful scenery and all the great things that I- Iowa has to offer, I think that counts. I, I think that I've literally been there, and I've—I mean, literally, you've been there. But like, I think that you're also experiencing what it looks like there. So I think that counts as well, yeah. but
2: okay,
1: that's fair.
0: That's fair. okay. Cool. I'm definitely adding that to my list from here. On
2: <laughs> I out. disagree with you, but that's fair. He's <laughs> only
1: asking because we have a competition and I think he would win if that counts. I've, I've so. done a
0: lot of road trips in my life.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Lots of road trips.
1: <laughs> okay. So going into our next question, good segue is um, finding flight deals. So I think that's like a huge thing that new people like new flyers is that a like new flyers? Yeah. New flyers, um, struggle with like finding best deals because there's just so many different airlines and you hear all these rumors about, you know, the specific times to look for, for flight deals and times of the year. So how do you, uh, go about finding the best flight deal to like wherever you want to go?
2: So I definitely keep an eye on flights for a couple, It. Depending if it's domestic or inter- uh, or international, I will keep an eye on the flights before I actually buy them and kind of get a feel for how the prices are looking because flight prices always fluctuate. Um, I use kind of a combination of different websites and apps. My favorite website to use actually is Google Flights and also the, the Hopper app. Um, those, not only do they tell you like what the flight prices are and they change in real time but it also gives you an idea of if this is high for the typical price or if it's low so those are the ones that I use I don't think I have a specific time frame or anything of when is best to buy it but yeah
0: yeah. That, I, I love the Google flights like that. that I, I seriously, I, I go on just to like type in different destinations because you literally can like navigate oh, yeah. the entire globe and just see like, oh, going to Europe is like $400 right now. Well, when yep. it, where, where it gets tricky, though, is like <laughs> when I click on it and I'm like, oh, Europe is like three, like let's say Europe is $300 to go somewhere in Europe. And I click on it and it's like this unknown airline but it's so cheap and I think like some people like if you're a budget traveler that's really good for you to like have Mm -hmm. to be able to get there because traveling is a lot easier but like for people like me I like being really comfortable (laughs) like in my flights and I think that Sometimes people are kind of like taken aback by that. They're like, oh, like I thought this was going to be like Delta or, or like something extravagant and like so I could use my miles. So like is, is are there filters in Google Flights to help with that? I think they might be.
2: There are. There are. So you can actually filter um, specific airlines you want or sp- specific airlines that you don't want. You can filter, um if you want nonstop or if you're okay with layovers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So there's a ton of things you can do on there. And like you said, the explore feature of just exploring different uh, places you can go, you can put uh, where you want to leave from and then just hit explore and it'll show you all the different States and countries and everything you can, go to and it'll tell you all the different prices, which is kind of dangerous because <laughs> I, I bought many a flights just because I saw it on there and it was very cheap. Yeah,
1: That's really cool. So, okay. So I'm an, uh, I just booked my flight to Hawaii, um, on Google flights. Uh, it's my first time flying from, you know, Maryland to Hawaii. So it's going to be like a long, probably nine to 12 hour flight. Mm -hmm. how do I prepare or how do I plan for that flight time? Like, what do you, do you have any good tips or, um, I guess ideas for how do you prepare for like what to do on the flight or how to plan, you know, for things, um, on the actual flight for the length of that, the long length?
2: Yeah. So I think a big part of planning for the flight is also planning for right before it, like the airport experience. Um, and a big part of the airport experience is security because, you know, like, cause TSA, we have to do it. We have to take our shoes off. We have to take all our large electronics out. So I just kind of always plan for what I'm going to have to do right before getting on the flight. Cause that adds a lot of stress if you're not prepared for what TSA is going to ask you to do. So I just always make sure I'm wearing, shoes that are easy to take off. If you're the type of person that you don't want to be walking barefoot through the airport, like while you're going through TSA, then maybe you should wear (laughs) (laughs) shoes that are easy to take off, but also you have socks on, you know, because you don't want to touch the sticky floor. Or if you would rather wear sandals because you don't mind walking barefoot, you can do that. I always make sure I'm carrying a backpack or something that my laptop is easily accessible since you have to take it out. Or if you do TSA pre-check, you don't have to do any of that, which is great. So um, if you travel a lot, that's also an easy way to plan for before the flight. And then for the actual flight, I would also just say dress comfortably. Obviously, if you're in business class or first class or something and you need to wear nice clothes, you can still look nice and be comfortable. I'm a... Yoga pants and a t-shirt kind of girl when I go on a flight. I don't care I hope nobody's looking at me because i'm just trying to be comfortable, especially on a long flight.
0: Yeah Yeah, that, yeah. that, that makes sense. I, I I totally hate security. I hate so cute mm-hmm. security like well not it's good It's good, right? It's it's good to have mm-hmm. like that that fake reassurance that like <laughs> I'm being protected and everyone's going yeah. through the same thing which is like a whole nother conversation but I like hated security so much that I went ahead and got like the TSA pre-check and like all of the fancy cool stuff with the, the global entry stuff. Yeah. That's literally like how, how, like I like look at it. I'm like, I don't want to spend time doing this. So yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a necessary evil security is, um, it's kind of annoying. I did the same thing you did. I got global entry, uh, which it's basically TSA pre-check for, domestic and international flights, well, international if you're coming back into the U.S., so it speeds you through customs, which has been a lifesaver. It speeds things up so much. If you're traveling a lot, I would definitely recommend. It's like an extra, I think, $15 from... TSA pre-check to mm-hmm. do global entry so it just kind of made sense to me
0: yeah like that it's it, it just saves so much time and like you just don't mm-hmm. have to go through the extra steps of getting in and having to do all that other stuff I, mean, I just that's like literally the worst part and that's what takes the most time as well right is like when you yeah. get to the airport you have to put in at least depending on which airport you're at like at least 30 minutes to like exactly get through security and like depending on the season I know all those things uh, play a factor but um going back to like earlier when we talked about those long haul flights versus those short flights I'm the type of person like I see those people that get on the plane that are extra super prepared with like the neck the neck support things. I don't even know what they're called, <laughs> but like, yeah, like a like, neck pillow. Yeah. A neck yeah. Pillow. There you go. See so yeah, there, there's the word, the neck pillows. <laughs> and then they have their little snacks with the, with the names on it, with what the snacks are. And they have like, the, like 14 different devices and they're completely ready. And then they pull out the pills to go to sleep. Like they're like really prepared for those long haul flights. And then obviously there's like those short flights where usually are. Are you getting a lot of those business folks in there in business class or sometimes in uh, in coach that are just kind of like, yeah, I'm in here. Like, I'm going to be on this flight for an hour and a half. Like, I'm kind of just ready to go. Do you have any tips for like those people? Like, how do you balance like not being that guy or that that gal or um, being the person that like is an aware traveler and understands like how to prepare properly?
2: Yeah, so I think it's all about knowing yourself and what kind of traveler you are. I think on the low maintenance to high maintenance scale, I think I'm in the middle but a little closer to low maintenance. For long haul flights, I definitely bring a pillow or something, but for a flight that's maybe like an hour or two, I'll usually just stick it out because I don't want to carry around a neck pillow for a short flight, you know, Nobody I can hold does. My- Nobody
0: does. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, no sane person does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can hold my head up for an hour or two. <laughs> yeah. So I would say it's all up to, per- to personal preference. When I went to Europe the last time I brought this weird neck pillow that I got off Amazon, that it, it's not the typical <laughs> one. It's like you lay your face into it and it it, I got some weird looks, but it was, <laughs> I it, was worth did. it. yeah, it was worth it because I slept like a baby, but it was definitely, so in that case, I, I didn't really worry about being like that gal. Cause I was like, this is a long flight. Yeah. I'm gonna be comfortable. I'm not dealing with all these people. And I always tell myself, I'll probably never see any of these people again in my life. So Very I don't true. really
0: care. Very true. No. Yeah. Like always prioritize comfort over um, mm-hmm. fashion so that that totally makes sense exactly. but I've always like seen the neck pills. I'm like do they actually work and I think they do but that the one that you sound like you had was like sounded really great but I kind of want to segue back it's like to like I I like getting on flights I like going nice places but I like having great deals right I'm that guy mm-hmm. I like I like really really great deals and yeah. we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier and I know that Um, you help, like you have, you have a company that you started thrifty trips, um, that helps folks with finding, um, the best deals that they can get and helping them get through that, this, this pretty tough process of trying to find the best deal as a tip, right? For me, like I've heard a lot of time, like use incognito windows. Does that really work?
2: So this is definitely a really controversial topic. And I've done a lot of research reading about if it actually works or not. And my stance on it is I'm not sure if it works, but I do it just in case because I don't think it's going to hurt me. Um, I personally have been on a uh, website for an airline buying a ticket and I took too long and it refreshed and the price like went up you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that was when I wasn't doing incognito. So I think that's always left a bad taste in my mouth. So now I always <laughs> use incognito. Yeah. I always use incognito. I always check on another device that's not, um, attached to, you know, my laptop or maybe I'll check on my phone and then I'll also double check on my laptop. I'll use different browsers. Uh, and it's pretty interesting to see that they'll have different prices just from one second to the next when you check the different device.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense because I've never been experienced it but like personally, but that would leave a p- bad taste in my mouth if I was like on a, on a website and I hit refresh and it went up like thirty dollars. That would definitely exactly. leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah.
2: yeah, I've also heard that if you're looking for a flight on one airline and then you go and check another airline and then go back to the to the original one, sometimes the price will either stay the same for a, a longer time or go down because they know that you were looking at a different airline. So that's never happened to me, but I've read about that. So mm-hmm. this is all just a very like people have a lot of opinions on this topic. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: I I can I can bet that because yeah, there's just so many different ways to do it. So mm-hmm. um so kind of going into your thrifty trips company that you started um I know it's kind of new and something that you you just recently launched um so just to kind of let people know how it works uh let's say I want to book a flight or a trip to San Francisco so I reach out to you um at your email or on your website I contact you through your contact page and I say hey Bree I would love to go to San Francisco for a long weekend um how does that process work with you like how did the like from square one um uh, from me reaching out to you saying this is what I want to do
2: Yeah, so I actually have two different services uh, on thrifty trips that would be helpful in that scenario. I have a personal flight finder option, which basically you tell me where you want to go and when you want to go, and I will find you the cheapest flight options and send you a list for that. Um, And it's a custom list of the most affordable options for, like I said, where you want to go. And I'll give you like a direct link to the flight booking so you can just go ahead and book it. And then the other option is I can plan the whole trip. So it's trip planning. You tell me uh, all the details, where you want to go, when you want to go. And then I come up with a complete trip itinerary with like sites and excursions and all my food recommendations and hotel and lodging. And I'm also available for like 24-7 support during the trip if there's anything you have questions about and stuff like
1: that. So really, you're my one-stop shop for anything travel. I can literally say, book me this trip. This is like what, I, what I'm interested in. And you could literally send me a whole itinerary with literally everything to do.
2: Exactly. Awesome. my brother. My brother this month has really been reaping the benefits of me launching because just this month, he's taken three round trips already. And I found him all of his flights and told him all the different things to do. And he's been loving it. He's gone to LA twice and New York once.
1: That's really cool. Especially for people that are, you know, working or really busy or just don't have the time or the energy to do all that research. Like having that as a tool, like to be able to have you as a person to do all that for you. I think that's so amazing that I can literally not even have to worry about that at all. You can just take care of all that for me.
2: Thanks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, as I'm like thinking about it as well, like, I I have, like, a couple of credit cards that, like, have, like, really great traveling benefits to it. And I've used those in the past, like, like I've heard people getting, like, a lot of stuff where um, I've read online that people have gotten, like, uh, a credit card and they've gotten all these points and they've used that to get, like, their first first class upgrade, like, free of charge. Technically, they paid for it, but not really. But, like, I've heard, like, people using those things. Like, I, I would like to know, like, how do you feel about those, like, people using, like, those Points and those Sky Miles points and those clubs and those memberships to like get the better deals?
2: So, as far as like Sky Miles and points and things like that, I definitely, if you find yourself constantly booking with one airline or using a certain credit card, I would say join that like points. Uh, I can't think of the name of what. It's not like
0: Like, a point club, like like a Delta sky miles or something. Exactly.
2: Delta sky miles or for American airlines, it's like they're a advantage thing. Yeah. yeah. Just like join it because it's always free to join and it just uh, counts all of your, your miles. And then you can use those towards other things. Something interesting that Southwest just did was if you were planning a trip and then canceled it uh, recently due to COVID, you can actually take those travel funds that you used or that were refunded to your account and turn those into uh, their rapid rewards points, which never expire. So that was kind of a really cool perk that they did. And now uh, I actually had a flight that I had to cancel and now it's just my rapid rewards points that will never expire. So I think a lot of airlines do things like that to keep you flying with them. So I would definitely say use that, uh, use that benefit. You know, it doesn't really matter if you have an account with all the different airlines, because just every time you buy a flight, you use it for that specific account. So I personally am a member for points for just about every airline. Uh, just so if I fly multiple times, I can still gain those
0: points. Yeah. And I think that's, like, really smart to do, too, just because, like, you don't just want to – Sometimes I mean, sometimes people, if you like a specific airline and you have loyalty to them you just like their services, it makes mm-hmm. sense to just go with that airline. But also, like, it makes sense if you want to find the best deal. Like me, I'm like, I just want to find the best deal. It's great exactly. to have multiple airlines because sometimes they'll just ha- – like, some – Some uh, airlines have like uh, destinations that others don't have or they fly there more consistently and they'll have a better price and others don't. So I think it's just making sure that you give yourself that flexibility to be able to just kind of hop on any flight. And if you're going to do that, you might as well get some type of benefit by doing that. So that makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Yeah, exactly. I can't bring myself to get a credit card for a specific airline just because I'm like you in the sense that I buy the flight based on the best deal, not necessarily my loyalty to any specific airline.
0: True, true.
1: This is a great segue into my next question for you, (laughs) which is, um, I know we talked about like your favorite trip experience and most memorable for you, Mm -hmm. but do you have a best airline experience? Like, is there an airline that you're like, anytime I fly with this airline, I know it's gonna be good. They have like the best snacks or the best comfort or the best like customer service. Like I know Mm -hmm. this airline is, is gonna do well.
2: So I have a two-pronged answer to this. (laughs) Um, I don't think I have an overall favorite airline because there's different perks to different ones. Like, I know people have strong opinions about Spirit and they don't really (laughs) like it that much. Um, I personally have never had a bad experience on Spirit and I'm very much like, you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. So if I paid like 30 bucks for a trip, And I get there, (laughs) I'm fine, (laughs) but I know some people like Wallen want to be a little more comfortable and stuff. So I love
0: comfortability, um, (laughs) I cannot lie.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Wallen's sometimes a little bit of a princess, but... uh, I own it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you own it, you own it. I I like Southwest, uh, but, so I like Southwest because they have great customer service, I, it seems like they treat their employees really well. And in turn, the employees treat the passengers really well. Um, however, I do not like their boarding process because it's not, it, you get like a group number and you stand in line and then you go into the airplane and it's a free for all. It's like pick your favorite seat. But usually that means you get the middle seat, which mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of. So I like Southwest with that exception. And I like Spirit with the exception that I know it's not going to be a fancy experience. And also I don't think I would choose spirit for a long haul flight.
1: That's fair. That's fair yeah. to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, with spirit, I just, one, like you get what you pay for, but I hate mm-hmm. the upcharge. It feels like I'm like at a car dealership or something. Like I got to yeah. pay if I don't, if I don't, and, and like my mom is, is older and I, and I, I don't, I try not to get my mom on spirit a lot, but like if my mom wants to get on spirit, She doesn't have internet or Wi-Fi. She has to pay to for them to print out her boarding pass when she gets to the to the airport, which is like that stuff to me is just weird. Yeah. They just charge for every single thing. It's a la carte and I hate that.
2: Yeah. So you kind of know you kind of have to know how to work the system with Spirit. I usually when I fly Spirit, it's usually a weekend trip that I don't need any more than a backpack because that's what they offer for free without an upcharge and also a trick that i recently found out is spirit is one of the only airlines if not the only airline that if you go to the airport like the ticket counter and ask them for to buy a flight there it's much cheaper than what it is online which oh. is which is counterintuitive because for the like you said they charge you to use the service of having the gate agent print out your boarding pass yeah but for some reason the like ticketing they don't charge extra to use the the agent that's there but other airlines do so my dad actually recently went and got two round-trip tickets to from Fort Lauderdale to Los Angeles and he got it I think it was 120 dollars for two round trips so it's like and they call it uh penny flights so you go there and you're like hey I I wanted to look for some penny flights and they're like yeah sure and it's crazy, crazy cheap. Granted, you have to go and drive to the airport for it. So you're working for it. But what I usually do is if I was already on a flight and like I get to my destination, uh, before I leave, I'll stop at the ticket counter. If I know there's another place that I want to go for certain dates and I'll just, uh, ask the, the ticket person.
0: That's that, that I did not know that that's like really helpful because yeah I, I I thought that it was just like, oh like let me just go to the airport with my book bag and just try to find a trip somewhere right now <laughs> but I, I I think I'm understand what you're saying it's basically like you could go there and just say like listen I, i'm I'm here right now interested to see if there's any flights to New York um on the ne- the next couple months what's the best? yes yeah so
2: I- I should clarify that. Yeah, I'm not saying like go to the airport with your bags <laughs> packed and buy a ticket. Listen, I day. was ready to go.
0: I was ready to do that. Like on oh, the drop of a dime. Yeah,
2: I'm saying like if I was already at the airport or something, I would go to the ticket counter, and if I knew there was a trip I wanted to take for certain dates, I would ask them to look it up. Because at the same time, the ticketing person isn't going to sit there and be like, "Well, this is the cheapest date you can fly. You should just take a trip this day." You know, so you should have the dates you want to go and where you want to go but they will uh, give you penny flights at the counter for spirit.
0: That, that is awesome. Thank you for that. Like, yeah, I'm like, I no, had problem. no idea that was a thing. Me either. Yeah, penny yeah no problem. Give me them penny flights right now. Penny <laughs> flights. <laughs> I love that. That's that's really awesome. And like, so, and, and I don't think, is, is Spirit flying international now? I don't think they are, but I don't know. I think they are. I think they're flying like maybe to South America, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think they have a couple international uh, destinations now. I don't know which ones they are, but they do have a couple.
0: Yeah, so, well, this is like a good transition too as well. Like, how do you feel about like, like, Flying internationally and domestically, I know there's, like, a lot of different things that you have to think about when you're doing that, whether it's, like, you know, like, how much you want to pay, what airlines you want to go, like, what do you think about? What are the key things you're thinking about when you're planning to either fly internationally or domestically?
2: So... Internationally, you kind of have to plan further in advance, obviously, because you're going to another country. You have to look into some countries, might require visas and things like that. Um, So, typically, if it's an international flight, I would say start doing your research at least six months in advance, um, unless you really like to fly by the seat of your pants. But I would say at least six months in advance, start doing the research on it. there are definitely a lot more things to think about also in terms of like what you need to bring. Uh, if I travel internationally, I usually try not to bring like my expensive jewelry or, you know, things that I wouldn't want to get lost things I'd be more comfortable bringing. If I was going on a domestic flight, there's just like, you know, things that you want to be a little bit more careful about. Yeah. I know some women will uh, like get, a fake uh wedding ring you know to take on an international flight so they can leave their uh ring at home Mm. um other things for international flights
0: yeah i i I, you kind of like made me remember something like sometimes i think i I forget about this a lot visas and vaccines Mm and i I remember uh i had a friend that like went to like I think, was it China or somewhere? They went somewhere, and I I don't Mm -hmm. remember the country. But when they were going there, they're like, yeah, I had to get a visa, and I also had to get vaccines that I was missing. And I think that some people don't think about that when they're getting ready to, like, travel to different countries. And I think that's, like, a very valid point because I don't think about visas at all. Especially, I mean, and also, if you have a United States passport, you're usually pretty fine depending on where you're Mm -hmm. going. But there are some instances. Have you had those instances where you had to, like, get any of those extra like get a visa or that process or like have to get vaccines
2: so i've thought about going to cuba um a few months ago i don't really know what the rules are now because of covid but um last year i was thinking about going to cuba and you do need a visa for that Mm -hmm. unless there's like certain circumstances if you're going like on a school trip or you're going to visit family yeah um i also wanted to go to bolivia at one point And I'm not sure if you need a visa, but you need like a letter from somebody who's, if you don't have a visa, you need a letter from somebody who lives there. Who's like inviting you to come visit essentially, or saying why you need to come visit. So there are definitely like those little weird intricacies of different countries that you have to follow. And I don't think that a lot of airlines really tell you that when you're booking the flight, it's just like, all right, you want to buy this ticket. Here you go. I'll take your money. But they don't really say, like, don't forget, you need a visa. Don't forget, you need these vaccines.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I've like thought about that. I was like, man, like there's like tons of like there's different places that you have to go and you have to get visas or vaccines and no one really tells you about it or lets you know what that process entails. Because, I mean, I have I've had friends that have gone to study abroad in France and they had to get visas, but they kind of walk. I think the company that helps them get to study abroad, like kind of walks them through that. Exactly. But like if you're just trying to go somewhere that requires that you will not get that (laughs) that tutorial.
2: That's true. I would definitely say like check out the US Embassy website because they have like a page for every country that you could wanna you would ever want to go to and it tells you the specific rules for each one. And they also now during COVID they have um like COVID resources as well and all the different rules for every country. Yeah.
1: Very cool. So I know we've kind of been talking about flights a lot of this for a lot of this um for our discussion. Um, So just wanted to really touch base on uh, quickly on road trips versus flying. Uh, What's your been your experience on uh, having like a road trip versus a flight and kind of what are some pros and cons of of those?
2: So growing up in South Florida, I said this a little earlier, growing up in South Florida, I kind of was always put off by road trips just because we were like eight hours away from the state line. So, (laughs) so I did not like the idea of a road trip because it would just take too long. Um, but, and then after I lived in Florida, I lived in Austin, Texas, which is another place that's just very secluded and it takes a long time to drive anywhere. So when I was living in those states, I definitely, uh, was a little bit more into flying. However, now I live in Maryland and it's closer to a lot more things, like I can get to Virginia in just a couple minutes, you know, and then uh, it's just a lot more, not centrally located, obviously, but it's a smaller state, so I'm a little more open to road trips now, and especially now during a pandemic where uh, you maybe don't want to fly. I've really liked road trips, like recently we've gone to Pennsylvania and Ohio, and we went to Myrtle beach recently. So I think that it kind of depends where you live because some places road trips are just way too much of a hassle. And some, and also some people really like road trips. You know, some people yeah. wouldn't mind driving eight hours before they even see another state. I am not one of those people.
0: <laughs> I have a, I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not into that at all. Like driving to like a lot and like and this is like a good segue too into talking about the pandemic and how that's affecting traveling cuz a lot of people like if i've thought about traveling now i'm like there's no way i'm getting on a flight right now but, mm-hmm. but i still don't like road trips and i think that it's interesting to kind of talk about that dynamic now like with planning for like during for a trip during a pandemic and also like before i go into that i wanted to touch on the fact that like planning for long haul road trips right so like going across yeah. the country if we're going from Maryland right now Gosh, I can't even imagine going from Florida to California. But, like, like, going from Maryland to, like, California right now, which is, like, probably the ultimate cross-country road trip where you would see a lot of, like, the great things that the United States has to offer. I feel like there's a, an extra package of, like, planning for when are you going to stop? How many, rest, like, rest stops are you going to go to? Like, what's the one state or the country or the city that you want to stop in? And, like, where do you want to go? And, like, Jane and I have had this issue before. I remember one time we were driving from... Uh, Michigan to Florida, and we like we're driving straight through. We're like, yeah, whenever we get tired, we'll just stop somewhere. <laughs> and then like r- like during, I think it was like midnight. I was like, all right, I'm tired. We need to stop. And then Jane's like, all right, let me just Google something real quick. And we Googled something, and we ended up in Fayetteville, like North Carolina. Shout out to J Cole. Mm-hmm. And we got a like <laughs> hotel right next to a cemetery and there was like a whole bunch of bikers outside <laughs> it's like a biker gang yeah there was like a biker gang outside I was like how did we end up here and then like we of course we got the side like right next to do we get
1: the side right next to the cemetery no we didn't but the other thing too is when we first walked into the lobby oh, like yeah the doors were like you know after a certain time the hotel's yeah. would, like lock their doors yeah so we had to like have the guy come let us in and he's like oh yeah sorry like we've been locking our doors because there was a robbery across the street last oh, week
0: yeah. at another hotel so we're like oh my gosh (laughs) so like so like like we say all that to say like there's a lot of planning that has to go into a road trip like versus just getting on a flight and then just getting to your where you want to go and there's a lot of like pros right like you could stop in different like states and and cities and explore but like i kind of want to talk to you about like the planning of an actual road trip and how that like has to be accounted for when you're getting ready to go somewhere
2: yeah so The longest road trip I've ever done as an adult because I went on road trips as a kid. But as an adult, the longest road trip I've ever done was from either Maryland to Florida or Florida to Maryland. I can't remember. Oh, it was Maryland to Florida. Um, And we just basically looked at what cities we wanted to stop in. Because like you said, I know sometimes people just drive until they can't anymore and then just stay wherever they want. Um, or stay wherever they stop rather. Mm -hmm. I typically like to plan like, okay, well if we go 20 minutes out of our way, we can stop in, for example, we stopped in Charleston and then we also stopped in Savannah, Georgia. So like places I wanted to go that were also kind of on the way. Um, I did my research previously. And then as far as like bathroom breaks and stuff, I didn't really look into that. We just kind of stopped where we thought, it
0: looked safe. <laughs> no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And like <laughs> uh, after we um had that experience in Fayetteville, we uh, had a a Maryland to Florida trip, and we definitely planned for that one. And we also stopped in Charleston, South Carolina, which is we highly recommend. That's a great yes, place to stop. Definitely beautiful, beautiful city. Um, and I think that that like having those things and understanding that you you could plan for that or you can't you sh- you, you you don't have to, but I would recommend it just because you don't want to end up in a sketchy area and also exactly like, you don't know where you're going to get tired at so yeah um and also if you so, want to, if you want a good deal too like you really have no control over a good deal during that time
2: exactly because by that point you're like desperate and i had a similar experience to what you guys said from your trip from michigan to florida mm-hmm. i when i was moving from florida to austin me and my friends stopped halfway which was in new orleans and we had already like rented this place ahead of time. We knew we were going to stop in New Orleans. It was like the exact halfway point, but I didn't really do a lot of research on the actual area where we were staying. And like, when I got there, we were just like, we got there in broad daylight and I was already kind of sketched out. So (laughs) I was like, this is only going to get worse. And we had, I was moving like me and my friend were moving to Austin. So we had our entire life in my Honda Civic. And so, (laughs) that poor
0: Honda Civic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, we had to like unload the entire car into where we were staying that night just because I didn't feel comfortable leaving all of my stuff in the car that night. I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing that anyway, but I thought I'd be a little bit more comfortable and I wasn't. So, we emptied out the car that night. And I think, had I done a little bit more research on where we were staying, that maybe wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like I've yeah. I've seen your Honda Civic, so <laughs> like <laughs> if packing your whole like life, any Honda Civic is about the same size. So uh, exactly, yeah, it, like so. Kind of just going back to what I said earlier too about the pandemic and traveling. Like, how do you think people should go about traveling? Because right now, there's if you want deals, there's great deals right now uh, to yeah. get where you want. And like, it sounds like your brother's been also been taking advantage, right? And I, I know I have, I have a lot of friends that have like been going to California because I remember we were supposed to go on a trip. We were supposed to go... Jane and I were supposed to go to Europe in uh, March. March. And then we ended up, like, not doing that. And we are like, oh, well, how are we... And that, that was when, Yeah, it's like, how... I, how do we take advantage of it? Cause back then it was like, people didn't really know how long it was going to last. And they're like, yeah, you can reschedule your flight, but you're only going to be able to reschedule it for like the next two months. So we're like, how do we use this? And we're looking at California and like California from Maryland or DC all the way to California. It's like about, it's usually around five to $600. There mm-hmm. are flights that were $200. Yeah. And,
2: and- there are some cheap flights right now. Yes. And I feel your pain. Cause I'm also so torn between, dang, that's a cheap flight, and, like, dang, should I really risk it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, the life decision right now. It's crazy.
2: Exactly. And I really feel bad for people who had to postpone weddings and, like, play this guessing game with, like, a huge uh, date in their life, you know? Because I'm just here trying to plan it for, like, a random trip. Um, But I think it's all what you're comfortable with and depending on what you're going to do when you're there, you know, if you're going to visit somebody that you know has been social distancing and stuff, then maybe you'd be a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, But it, it just all depends. I, the trip I took recently, which was a road trip to Pennsylvania. What we did was, we stayed in a tiny house, which I actually really liked because we were totally secluded from anybody else. And so it was very easy to social distance. Um, so I think there's ways to get creative uh, in these times.
0: Yeah. That sounds out I, I, we were just watching videos on like tiny houses, which is kind of funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because <laughs> um, like a lot of people are using those, the random out like be like, uh, Airbnbs and stuff like that. And, um,
2: like
0: passive I, was, income. Yeah. Passive income. Right? <laughs> um, and I was like thinking like, as we talk about like the pandemic and people like t- either taking road trips or getting the flights and taking advantage of that. I've like, I haven't like uh, the, the airlines have been like the biggest topics right now. Cause they're really cheap and they're just trying to get people in and mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out how to do it safely. And there's all these studies coming out, but we haven't really talked about hotels at all. Like no one's really talked about hotels or Airbnbs in like mm-hmm. some of those places that you need to stay. I have no idea what hotel prices are right now. If, I'm, I w- if I had to guess, I would guess that they're low, but there's probably some good deals on around that as well too, right?
2: That's true. Yeah, I tend to sway more towards staying at an Airbnb rather than a hotel, mm-hmm. usually. And then also specifically now, just because I don't really want to go to a hotel and click an elevator button that hundreds of people have been clicking, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so I'd rather stay at an Airbnb now, but I know that hotels are also taking really good precautions like they're not filling to capacity mm-hmm. they're obviously cleaning things a lot more often um i'm actually not sure about hotel prices right now though
0: yeah like i think that they, they would have to be a little bit lower just because mm-hmm. they're probably not getting and, and again like even for businesses like we're, we work we work we work and uh, not we work like the actual company, but like as we're like working like a lot of companies and people are working from home. So even business travel has like taken a huge hit as well, which is like usually like a big chunk of uh, the occupancies of like not only flights, but hotels. So I think that like a lot of them haven't been doing very great, but you just haven't heard about them. But I'm sure there's like just good deals all around when it comes to traveling, like just yeah, all around like yeah. trains, all that stuff is probably just doing really well right now. Uh, but yeah, that's just like, that was just yeah, like, uh, I was rec- no, go ahead, go
2: ahead. I was sorry. I was recently looking at, uh, like Amtrak's website and they're running a whole bunch of deals. Cause I guess a lot of people aren't traveling they're just trying yeah. to fill their trains. And it's the same thing with the airlines they're doing, uh, where typically I would say like, you should book your flight. Um, if it's domestic, maybe like one to three months in advance now, Flights for like next week are dropping to crazy low prices. And it's like a question of how fast can you pack your backpack? You yeah, know?
0: Yeah. Man, like how lucky are uh, like, are we like, we, we have like four different airports that we can like choose from at all times. And then like we, you mentioned Amtrak and I know that, you know, like I take Amtrak to New York quite a bit mm-hmm. and they're running like these huge deals. Cause I get the, the, the emails too. They're like, get it, bring a free companion. Yeah. And like all these great things. I'm like, this is great. And it's like literally a three hour, train ride to D uh, to New York, but from DC to New York, but we have like all these different airports. We have like, what, two airports in DC. We yep. have like a couple airports. We have an airport in Maryland and like we have airports in Virginia. We have airports everywhere that we get to use. So i always remember as I'm like planning trips, I'm always like filtering in like four or five different airports. Cause I'm like, I could
2: exactly. Depends. Yeah. And I, I always felt spoiled living in South Florida, having, Miami and Fort Lauderdale but that has nothing on coming over here and having Dulles and Reagan and BWI you know we have so many options over
1: here
0: yeah yeah see I was a little bit luckier than you I had Fort Lauderdale Miami and Palm Beach County so oh true true. and Palm Beach is an international airport which I'm like that's insane that they have that there but it makes a lot of sense because Mm-hmm. Up north, Palm Beach is very uh, spoiled. <laughs> they have a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of things, but like I remember, we took a flight in from D.C. to to Palm Beach, and I was like, man, I haven't flown in this airport in like years, but. It was just more convenient and they had like cheaper flights. Yeah, I bet. If people have, and I think that's important, if people live in these huge metropolitan areas, like take advantage of like all the different airports and get familiar with probably like getting to them and what that airport looks like with parking and metros or like whatever your transportation system is, your public transportation system, like getting real comfortable with that. So you can take advantage of like the perks of having four to three places to choose from.
1: Yeah, for sure. I wanted to briefly ask you about uh, misconceptions about traveling so I think some people you know that don't travel as often um, that just don't know you know based on their experience that you know people they hear these these uh, rumors or I guess myths as you could say as well you know that traveling can be super stressful or you know jet lag is is so terrible or you have to like you know some some of those international flights you lose, you know, days here and there because you're so exhausted from traveling. So do you do you have anything to say about those misconceptions? Or do you have you heard any in particular that you've like experienced and said, absolutely, this is, this is not just not true. Or this is just something that I haven't personally experienced.
0: Yeah, this is our segment of Mythbusters.
1: (laughs) Mythbusters (laughs) traveling. (laughs) So I think
2: that some common misconceptions about travel is that, like you said, it always has to be stressful, or also it always has to be expensive. Uh, I think that ways to like debunk those is just planning and doing your research. And also the planning doesn't necessarily have to take a whole lot of time either. So yeah, I would say that traveling is not always stressful or planning travel is not always stressful and traveling is not always stressful and it's not always expensive if you do it right.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, then, like again, a great segue because you talked about Uh, planning for traveling like how much time do you think people should be putting in uh, to like a plan for for traveling because like me I'm always looking for that great deal so I'm always like spending way too much time like looking or and even how, how much time ahead of how much time should you spend ahead of that's like a weird way to phrase it but how much time should you like put in between planning for your trip? Like, is it three months, six months? I know internationally, mm-hmm. if you're traveling internationally, you might want to do six months or something like that. Could you like talk us or walk us through that?
2: Yeah. So, for domestic, I would say when you should start planning it, obviously, if you can, like sometimes flights just come up that you have to take, but I think the sweet spot is like somewhere between one and three or four months. I typically, do I think like on closer to like one or two months I will start either I have already done my research at that point and I know what a good price is or that's when I'll start booking Um, international like I said before six months at least you should start at least looking into uh, where you want to go something with that though is if you're doing an international flight like for example last year was it two years from now? Two years ago. Wow. I went to Europe and I did like a big backpacking trip where I went to Denmark, Norway, Italy, and Sweden. And I booked the flight from uh, Austin to Denmark to Copenhagen. I booked it probably like five or four or five months before I went. But as for the flights that I was taking, once I was already in Europe, I gave myself like a month or two because once you're over there, like those are domestic flights, you know? So that's a little bit more involved because you have to book the big international flight further in advance and then do your research and book the, the smaller, uh, legs. Like once you're already closer to the trip.
0: Yeah. That, that yeah, that's really helpful because like, because I'm like over here, like, when should I plan this? How long? I, I spend like a month and a half, like planning for a trip and I'm like, spent way too much time and now like the prices are really high. So uh, that's very, that's very helpful and like insightful. And like, as you talked about this, like you have a lot of experience with traveling and like you, you started a a company like called thrifty trips on helping people find those best deals and helping their lives be a little bit easier when it comes to traveling. Like, how did you even come up with this, this idea and how did you get started with thrifty trips?
2: So I think it kind of started because it, it just like happened because I since I was traveling a lot, and I would travel with friends and family a lot, I would just kind of always handle the booking of everything and the finding of the flights and where we were going to stay. And then eventually, when I would take trips, other people would like DM me on Instagram and be like, Hey, I saw you stayed here. Like, where should I go? What should I do? Can you help me find a cheap flight? And then it just kind of was born from that. And I, I realized like, wow, a lot of people want help finding these cheap flights or don't really know how to get started. And I love doing that stuff. So that's definitely how it started.
0: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And like, you're, you're, you're going to help a lot of people because people like me too. Cause I, I, I just, there's just too much time. <laughs> I
2: yeah. Just, I think, I think your problem Wallen, <laughs> is, <laughs> Dude, I'm going to tell you what your problem is. No. I'm here for it. What's I, up? <laughs> the you over research and then you give yourself option paralysis. You know, that's you just, <laughs> you do too much research and then you're like, well, I could take this flight or I could do this flight or I could stay here or here or here or here. And you have way too many options. You know, I think a big part of it is like knowing when you found a great deal and you should just stop while you're ahead.
0: Man, uh, it's, it's like we're funny. friends. <laughs> It's like you know Jane's like, yup, yeah, it's like it's like you know me. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I should probably do a little bit better with that. But now <laughs> I have you to help me, so that's great. I'm exactly, good. Exactly, exactly.
1: So we, we can get a hold of you on thrifty trips through your website, which is just thriftytrips.com, right? It's thriftytripstravel.com thrifty And trips that's
2: travel. yeah, and the Instagram is also thrifty trips travel
1: beautiful
0: yeah y'all folks go ahead and get out there and like i i have like two more questions for you Mm -hmm. because i i thought about this and you know like i have a lot of my my siblings have children i have nieces how do you plan trips with children like how do you like how i I don't know how you you do that
1: yeah and i guess from babies to maybe like kids that can actually you know walk around and do you know
0: no, like, like, yeah, like those kids that like smack on the back of my seat, uh-huh. like those and like <laughs> the ones that cry the entire flight. How do, you, how do you manage that?
2: Yeah, so I would say, so as you guys know, I am the oldest in my family. So I have a lot of little cousins. I have a four-year-old little brother who has, uh, my mom has brought him to come visit me and stuff. And I would say if you're traveling with kids, first of all, like good on you. (laughs) And second of all, um, you just kind of have to think about what is most convenient for you. Like, you know, your kid, you know, my little brother, what we did when they came to visit me from uh, South Florida to Austin, Mm -hmm. I actually had a car seat delivered to my house. So I bought a car seat on like walmart.com, had it delivered to my house in Austin. And then I installed the car seat before my mom arrived at the airport. So I had the car seat all ready to go. And then once they arrived, I picked them up and I had the car seat. So that was just like one tip. If it's a really small kid, you know, um, Mm -hmm. just kind of have those little things. I don't have kids, so I'm also not an expert in this. But uh, (laughs) I think lots of toys uh phones are probably really helpful on flights and stuff even though I know people don't want to like just always hand their kids their phone I think a flight is a good excuse yeah. of when to let them play on your phone and have some screen time
0: yeah I think that makes a lot of sense and like you being the oldest uh, you have a lot of responsibility <laughs> right and you learn from trial and error and just being uh put into the fire you know so you learn a lot from that so that this makes, is true that makes a lot of I- sense
2: Yeah, I will also say if you're a person that is on an airplane and there is another, like somebody else's kid is there, like we have all been there where somebody's kid is kicking the back of your seat and it's really annoying, but I always feel bad for the parents. You know, they're trying their best and the stress that you feel traveling by yourself I'm sure is tenfold when you're also – trying to wrangle in this little human that doesn't listen to anybody. So I always kind of, I feel for the parents, especially like babies, because they don't, you know, they can't like control themselves. As far as kids that are old enough to kick the back of your seat though, maybe we should think about some like restraint devices. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I would just say, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I think it's all like, it depends on the kid and depends on the parents.
0: Yeah, I get you. I got you. Well, like this has been like very insightful for us. And I think that the the way that we like to end off uh, in the podcast is just asking like just one simple question, because we're all about, uh, we know knowledge is power and making sure that, you know, we give as much knowledge to uh, everybody and everyday people as much as we can to help them throughout their lives. And the, the question is basically is like, what is one piece of knowledge that you would like everyone to know? as something that could, they could take away and apply uh, into their lives right now?
2: I would say that one piece of knowledge is just that traveling is a lot more than planning a big trip and just you know spending money and going somewhere. Through travel, you learn about different cultures, you experience different things that you could never experience where you live. And so I think that, I would just try and forget about the expense of traveling and see it more as something that is going to enrich your life.
1: That was Brianna Tianga. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at Travel or go to her website thriftytripstravel.com.